What is up, everyone? Denzel Curry bringing us in this week. Welcome to the Hip Hop Dream Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Fair. I hope everyone's week has been going well. We're in the dog days of summer officially. You know, it's funny. I'm in the studio. I guess uh, I'm in my basement right now doing this podcast because it's nice and cool down here. Still very hot out. And there's like this knife just sitting here on the table. I don't know why it's here. (laughs) It's just so weird. It just threw me off. I was just sitting here getting ready to record this podcast and there's just this knife sitting here randomly. I don't know where it's from or why it's here, but it kind of creeped me out. Not going to lie. But uh, yeah, that's that. And, um, you know, I got a good podcast for you guys today. I'm excited for this one because I, I wasn't able to, to do something like this back in June because I didn't think of starting a podcast. Um, but I, I want to talk about my favorite rap albums of the year, not really in a specific order, just, uh, kind of, just kind of the highlights, just go over some of the, some of the best moments of rap of the, of this year, in my opinion. I hope I gain some more listeners because if I do, then more of you can put suggestions down for me. And there's just a lot out there and there's definitely some underground stuff that I probably missed. Maybe, maybe even some mainstream stuff I've missed. And, you know, I don't want to put myself on this pedestal saying my opinion is the right opinion. You know, it's just, uh, so I think it's important for other people to, to tell me some of the highlights they had as well this year. But in the meantime, I just, kind of want to give uh, my thoughts on the year, some highlights. Uh, I don't want to focus too much on the lowlights this year, but it's been a quiet week for, for music, rap especially. Uh, not much came out this past weekend. I think Rich the Kid dropped his collaborative mixtape with Jay Critch and Famous Dex, and I'm nothing really memorable there. I, di- I didn't give it a listen. It seemed like a pretty standard trap album, unfortunately. I like Rich the Kid, too. I think he makes bangers, but... Yeah, that was a passable one. And then Drake released that Care Package mixtape with a collection of songs he had from 2010 to 2016. I listened to that, too. Another one that didn't really raise the heartbeat, you know, didn't really get me to to want to spread the message of, of, Drake, of a Drake new album <laughs> because I just think that some of the output he's put out has just been kind of mediocre. I feel like he's running out of material. He's rapping about the same shit seems like he's just basking in the glory of a celebrity and it's and it's a shame because i really do think he brought a cutting at cutting edge material at the beginning of the, the decade and it's kind of the reason why trap rap is kind of where it's at now so i do uh give him credit for that but it just seems like he's going through the motions at this point and it's kind of disappointing it really is because he does have a great voice he's got great he's got the right cadence for rapping but I don't know. I guess it, it doesn't matter what I say, though. He's, he's still going to get the streams. People are still going to love the mixtape. It's actually getting critical acclaim. I think Pitchfork gave it like an 8, eight out of 10, which is 
crazy to me, but it is what it is. But anyway, I want to focus uh, on, like I said, I want to focus on the highlights this year. You know, it's funny. A lot of people have said that this has been a quiet year from rap. And I guess in a way it has been, you know, not a lot of big names have released anything. And if they have, it's been underwhelming, like Chance the Rapper's album, I guess. People thought that was underwhelming. Uh, Travis probably won't release an album because Astro, he's still, he's still uh, on the Astro World high, it seems like. Uh, Kanye, we're still waiting on Yandi. Kid Cudi won't release an album until next year. So there's definitely a lot of, a lot of uh, rappers that either have opted out of releasing so far or just, I guess, have come in with underwhelming projects. But I will say that I think this year's XXL freshman class was pretty strong. A lot of a lot of rappers that were on it gave pretty decent freestyles. And not only that, but a couple of them have had pretty decent projects this year. And I think one or two of them actually fall on my list of albums to highlight. Uh, so I think there's a bright future for rap and, you know, uh, sure it's been a little quiet, but, uh, we're still pushing forward. And honestly, the women have really dominated the men this year. Uh, Rico Nasty, Meg Thee Stallion, uh, Tierra Whack, they've really just been putting great content out and, you know, Meg Thee Stallion especially has kind of blown up in a way and it's, it's really nice to see. Uh, so I guess in, in that sense, Rap has been in a good place right now, and uh, it's still the most mainstream genre out there. So you can't really say it's dead or it's quiet because it's still it's still ringing through people's people's speakers and iPod iPhones and whatever else. So uh, and there's definitely some highlights regardless of of what has happened this year. Um, I guess I kind of, while we're on the topic of, of Meg Thee Stallion, I guess I kind of want to start with her album as a huge highlight for me. Her album Fever, which was released in May, mid-May. Um, surprise! I guess maybe it was a surprise to me uh, that I liked it so much. Maybe not to others who probably followed her on social media and stuff and really paid attention to her uh, her rise to prominence. But I was pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed Fever. And how consistent, you know, despite the fact that at times her topics got a little redundant, um, you know, a little stale, despite that, her flow is, her flow and energy is absolutely impeccable, especially compared to her contemporaries and the class that she has been put in with the other young rappers. Uh, she's only like 23 or 24, so she's way behind, beyond her years, in my opinion. And she, she sounds like a seasoned veteran, even though it's her debut studio album. And she definitely, the charisma she brings is unlike anything I've seen before in quite a while uh, from a rapper. And uh, I just want to commend her for that. Juicy J had a lot, had a, uh, from what I know, had a lot to do with the production. So shout out to Juicy, man. Having a little revival with, 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 uh, with the board, with the keys. Not so much the rapping, but with the behind the scenes. So shout out to him as well. But yeah, Meg the Stallion, just banger after banger on Fever, banger after banger. She's just, she's just, she's, she just knows what she's doing, you know. And I think a lot of young rappers can learn a lot from her. So shout out to Meg the Stallion, Fever. Um, shout out to Tyler the Creator with his Igor album. Um, it's crazy. Tyler has. He's been in the game for so long, but he's only since 
flower boy in 2017 as he really garnered this much appraise from fans and critics alike. And, you know, I like a lot, I like all of his material because I like seeing the growth of artists, but, um, I am, I was thoroughly impressed with Igor and it's funny because it is a heartbreak album. So it's not the most original concept in the world. It's, you know, uh, the Heartbreak album has been explored to a T, basically, for the past 100 years in music. But he does it in a way that's, like, that's, like, supposed to be messy. Like, the mixing's kind of off. His tone and his voice is, is unlike anything we've heard before. He's very experimental. And not only is he very experimental, he's very true to himself. Like, we know Tyler is this guy who's always expressed his wisdom, his lyrics, his songwriting through characters. You know, we know Bastard, we know Goblin, we know Wolf, but we don't know Tyler really until Flower Boy. And I think Flower Boy was kind of like, if you look at the cover too, it's just kind of him in a white t-shirt. And if you know Tyler, you know him as a provocateur who always tried to offend people no matter what. It's something he, he's done up until 2017, really. But Flower Boy was kind of the first moment where he kind of shed the, the character and really showed his true self. And, you know, coming to terms with sexuality is definitely a tough thing to do, especially in rap, and especially in the political climate we find ourselves in. So it was really refreshing to see and it kind of answered a lot of questions I think we had about Tyler. You know, why is he saying the things he's saying? And I think Igor was kind of that album where he's finally comfortable in his own skin. And he can finally, it's like, okay, now I, I, show, I showed myself to the world, my true self. Now I can talk about the things I want to talk about. And I think Igor is that. You know, it's a heartbreak story. But he really breaks down the nuances of, of love in such a vulnerable way. Like the album kind of starts off with him ending a relationship. And then by the middle, he's trying to get this boy, but he's with another girl. So he's trying to get rid of that girl so he can be with the boy. And then by the end, it kind of doesn't work out, but he asks the person, can we still be friends? Uh, so it's, it's a, Lyrically, it's not his strongest album, but conceptually and definitely production-wise, it really is. Like It is a masterful performance of production, of synthesizers, of, of keys, of distortion. It is a masterpiece of sound, in my opinion, and it is one of his best albums ever. And I hope he gets a Grammy for it for, for once. I think he deserves it, so shout out to Tyler. Um, oh. You know, it's funny because I guess as quiet as this year has been, May was such a great time. Uh, moving on from there, Denzel Curry with his Zoo album released the week after, actually. I'm a huge Denzel fan, and I was very excited for the, for the release. And I was very surprised because Denzel usually takes a little while to release his albums. You know, it took like two years between Imperial and Taboo. Um, but this was a year after Taboo, solely dedicated to Miami and the city and where he grew up, how he grew up, 
the people he was with. Um, a lot of Florida influences on the album. Uh, Rick Ross, a couple of his buddies, Kiddo Marv, um, others as well. And it's very short. It's very concise. It's like anti. It's like anti stream basically. It's twelve songs, twenty nine minutes I think, not even. Um, but really, because of that, because of how short and concise it is, it's a very strong, another strong output from the former Raider Clan uh, associate. Um, definitely, probably, if not, if not my favorite album of the year, definitely one of mine, just out of all genres, because I just think that he has, it's nice seeing Denzel have a lot of fun for once and not try to conquer uh, such huge topics like he was on his last album. Um, and I think that was maybe my one issue with Taboo was he did kind of get bogged down by the weight of the topics he was discussing. But I think this, just being an ode to Miami and having it being released in the summer really made it for made for a strong output for him. And he just really makes banger after banger. He acknowledges his father and the impact he had on him growing up on Ricky. Um, you know, he tries to be flirtatious, which is something we don't see a lot with Denzel on Wish. Um, and we also still have that grimy industrialized version of, of Denzel as well, like on songs like birds and, uh, PAT at the end where he kind of, the song, the finale is a nice ode to the radio station. He loved, he loved listening to Blackland 66.6. I think that's what it was called. Uh, So that was uh, really, really nice to see. I, I, I think, you know, this is definitely the best put together album of the year. And my, I guess my one issue with it, and this is me just being picky, my one issue with it is the skits, as as comical as they were, should have been, I think, should have been spread out a little better. Like he has an interlude, and then a skit, and it's like it just gets a little tedious at that point. But if he spread it out a little better, it probably would have been like a ten. But I mean, it's still close to, uh, in my opinion, a perfect album anyway, a perfect rap album. Lyrically, he's still he's still pretty sharp. He has a lot of great bars, as usual, and uh, he, 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 what I really enjoyed is he's still going against the grain. He's not accepting the industry standards. He's sticking to his script, and again, you know, uh, some songs do sound a little more commercialized, like, like Automatic with Tay Keith production definitely sounds like he's vying for those charts, <clears throat> but he's still talking about stuff that, you know, only he would know. And he shouts out his, he shouts out his friends on that song as well. So he's still acknowledging Miami, and uh, he still has bars on that song. Like it, he really does. Like, and Tay Keith actually does compliment him well. So it's a song that's really grown on me. But yeah, altogether great output by Denzel. Definitely a huge highlight for me. Um, Moving on from there, YBN Corday, obviously, I don't want to get into him as much because I talked a lot about him in the second episode, so go check that out if you haven't listened to it. By the way, I'm up to, it says on Anchor, the site I use, that I have three fans. I don't know what that means, but that's cool. Hopefully that guy gained more. I'm glad if you guys are really listening out there, that's nice. I hope that continues. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> another shout out to Goldlink, who I think really did an excellent job of combining different aesthetics into one album without it sounding too uh, off the wall. He really embraces the idea of 
of Afrocentric beats and world music in a way. Uh, and you know, we've seen tidbits of that on previous gold link albums. Um, especially his first album, the God complex, we saw a little bit of that, but I think he really, he really kind of goes more in depth into it on this album. And he really lets the features do their thing as well. Like a lot of the features, much like Corday's album, the features on this album sound more like collaborations more than anything. They really bring a lot of uh, dimension and character to the songs. And uh, Gold Link, I will say, does have limitations when it comes to his flow. Like a lot of the songs, his flow is very similar. It's like that fast pace, like almost like he's getting shot out of a shotgun. But uh, I think that he he's able to, I think that at a lot of the times that could be a highlight, especially when he has the platform to kind of perfect and execute that, that flow and that, that plan. Um, like, and he really embraces African culture on here. Uh, Zulu Screams is a huge example of that. Um, just another overall pretty beautiful album from Goldlink just music that makes you feel good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And um, like I said, it, it doesn't sound cheap in any way. It doesn't sound disingenuous because he gets like artists from that, from that culture to help him with this project. And it's almost like he, he allows them to direct some of the album, you know, where maybe points he's not as familiar with. So I really appreciate that from him. He's not just trying to rip them off. He's, you know, he's trying to kind of bring that in and uh, add a lot of life to this album. So shout out to Goldlink. The album was called Diaspora, by the way. Um, great album title. It really fits it fits the theme well. And he also has a couple of trap bangers on there as well, for sure. Maniac's a trap banger. Uh, the one with Pusha T, I believe, is called Coke White. Another banger, Pusha T. You know, we, we know what to expect from him at this point <laughs> with his Coke raps. So shout out to Goldlink. Uh, moving on from there, I want to highlight Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib's album, Bandana. This is their second project together, and in my opinion, it's their best one. Um, just a nice old-school, traditional rap album with boom-bap beats, switch-ups, very grainy keys, grainy atmosphere. Freddie Gibbs with absolute bars. One of my favorite bars of the year is on Flat Tummy T, where he says, where he kind of points out the um problems with mo modern day america uh, i kind of want to pull them up because it's, it's just it was in the chorus i believe um it was also the song was also a lead single to the album um bandana but uh oh yeah crackers came to africa ravage raffled and rummage me america was the name of the fucking company like there's nothing more true than that and it's kind of it's very relevant to today but uh shout out to freddie for bringing his usual bars, Mad Lib doing doing his thing. Um, but but the but the album's biggest strength is combining that traditional hip hop with a more contemporary feel. It's almost like bridging that gap in a way. And I think this is one of there's a lot of albums that try to do that, and I feel like this is an album that actually accomplishes that feat for the most part, despite a couple songs that could have been, you know, redone. Like I think Freddie's singing still needs still needs a little little help. But that you know, that's not what he's known for, so it's not the hugest deal. Um, Giannis is another highlight on that album with Anderson Pack, who's killing it with the features this year. Um, a nice throwback song, 
something that could be shown in one of those like Italian mafia movies, I feel like. Um, so great, great. Another great album there. Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib, an album that's kind of flown under the radar. So yeah, go check that out if you haven't. Uh, given a little shout out to the underground, I talked about these two on my last podcast, so I'm not going to go into that much in depth, but Caleb Giles and Mike with their albums, Caleb Giles under the shade, Mike with tears of joy. I already went over kind of the impact of New York underground and how maybe that's the next trend we might see over the next five years. So like I said, go check out that second episode where I talk about that strong outputs from them. I hope they're here to stay. Unfortunately, those types of artists don't really get the recognition on the XXL cover. So hopefully people start gravitating towards them more and give them the credit they deserve. You know, I feel like we live in an age where anyone can become famous. So hopefully that helps. Uh, And there's been a lot of hip hop collectives that have released albums. I know Best Coast did. Um, I'm blanking on it. There's another one that did too, but I'm blanking on it. But the one I want to shout out is Pivot Gang with uh, with their album. Um, came out, I think, in April. And it's the collective that includes Saba. Uh, Saba was kind of, he, he associated himself with Chance. I think he was on Angels on Coloring Book. And he's also a great rapper by himself. Go check out Care For Me. I think it's one of the most underrated albums in the past five years. Just go check that out. But he comes in with his with his crew for the album You Can't Sit With Us. And it's just it's just a lot of fun. Nothing much to it. It's just it's just like old school, like rappers trying to outrap each other. And that's what Pivot Gang is. And it's a lot of competition, it sounds like. Oh, Revenge of the Dreamers. That was the other collective, I forgot. But anyway, Pivot Gang um, doesn't try to do too much, stays consistent with its sound, sticks to their strengths. You know, at times it's a safe album, but um, at other times it's a lot of fun. At most of the time, it's a lot of fun, and uh, it's just nice. I think it's there. They that this should be the blueprint for a hip hop collective. You know, nowadays, where you know, I feel like Best Coast. I like that album that they put out. You know, the one with Joey Badass and Flatbush Zombies and all them. But I just feel like they were trying to fit too much into one song. I feel like Pivot Gang really perfected the idea of just keeping it simple, making songs that people want to hear, sticky choruses, great features, and they were really to put it all really be able to put it all together. And it was a nice and short album too, which you wouldn't expect from a hip hop collective. So shout out to Saba and his crew as well. Uh, so go check that out. That is another album that also flew on the radar. I want to give a shout out to Maxo Cream, who just recently released an album, another Houston native. Uh, called Brandon Banks, and it, it, and it, uh, the cover is dope because half of it is his face, the other half is his father's, uh, which is kind of the theme of the album, you know, parenthood and how his parents kind of affected him negatively and positively. He goes over some very serious topics and has a little fun too. Um, the song She Live with Megan the Stallion, a lot of fun. Um, it's a little vulgar, <laughs> but it's got a banger beat, uh, both really complement each other well charisma wise but maxo as the album progresses does get into a lot more of serious topics he talks about the plight of the single mother which is something that tupac went over when he was alive and that was kind of cool like a cool to tupac the song brenda Uh, he also talks about how he loves his father 
but uh, you know, but he also acknowledges the faults he had. It, like, it, it's very nice. It's very interesting because he definitely had a tumultuous relationship with him. Uh, his father beat his mother, I think, a couple of times, and he also went to jail. But Max also acknowledges the fact that he did help him become the man he is today. You know, aside from the beating, of course, but um, he's not forgiving his father for that, uh, and he's not letting that slide. But it's definitely it, he's almost like healing wounds in a way uh, on this album. Uh, so it's very interesting. It's not something uh, a street rapper like him you would expect from a street rapper like like that. But um, I, I'm really impressed with 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 this con I would even say this is go as far as say this is a concept album in a way, because not only is it showing his come up, it's, it's kind of intertwining that idea with parenthood and um, the trials and tribulations that can go with parenthood and how it could affect the children. So very introspective album from Maxo cream, very impressed. Um, so shout out to Maxo. And I think there's only one more. I want to shout out I, like this, you know, the, I know a lot of people have been hating on this guy for years now, but I'm going to shout him out anyway because he's, he's, he's my boy. Wiz Khalifa, uh, the high, I think the high times, good fly, good, the good fly young, I think. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. It's like a tongue twister of an album title. Came out 420, uh, just great stoner rap. Uh, Wiz, Wiz, you know, I was reading a Pitchfork article, the review for it, and it was actually the highest rating Pitchfork has given Wiz since like Rolling Papers came out back in 2011, which is disappointing because I think he has some good projects after that. Uh, but regardless, I was reading the review and the guy said he is quietly one of the most influential rappers of the past 10 years. And I have, I I'm so happy he said that. I don't even know the writer's name. I should probably look it up, but shout out to whoever that is. Cause I think I, I completely agree with that sentiment because Ty Dolla Sign would not be here. He would not be making killer features without Wiz. Wiz revive, revived Juicy J's career after 3-6 Mafias, uh, after they broke up. So shout out to Wiz. And, you know, Black and Yellow, also one of the biggest songs of the decade. I think people forget about that. It was literally a Super Bowl anthem. There's literally a video of it. Um, so, sh you know, shout out to Wiz. And I think this album... He really lets the young guys uh, do their thing. Young Deji, the Moonlight. He lets Ty Dolla Sign do it. They all do the choruses while Wiz raps about you know his typical stoner rap. But Wiz has never been about the lyrics. We know that. Even in the beginning, he's never been about the lyrics. He's you know he's a he's a mood you know. And I always commended him for trying to adapt to the times, and he kind of did that on Rolling Papers too. And this album was, was, I think this album specifically was for his fans, his diehard fans, the ones who have been there for the, since the beginning, because uh, it is kind of old Wiz in a sense, and I think that's why people liked it. So I'm happy for Wiz, and he's got his kid now, and he's still doing his thing. He's still successful. He survived. You know, it's crazy because another thing is that rap has changed so much since he started, but he's always stayed relevant. <laughs> so I think that's really impressive. Like, like when he started, like trap rap wasn't really a thing, um, and now it is. But he's still he's still putting out great songs. Like Hopeless Romantic was a huge song. You know, people listen to that. I, I mean, granted, he did have Sway Lee on it, the biggest hit maker out there. But 
it was still his song and it still made made numbers. So Wiz is doing his thing and I got to give him a shout out for that. He also had that album with Currency in January uh, 2009. Pretty good collaborative tape there as well. So those guys are doing their thing over there at Taylor Gang. You know, they're not going away. Wiz isn't going away anytime soon. So we got to acknowledge that. But anyway, I want to wrap it up. Uh, it's been a fun podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, give me your suggestions about your favorite albums of the year because I'm always open for for other uh, projects. So let me know, and I hope you guys enjoy the week. I'll come out. I'll I'll come out with another podcast at the end of this week, probably Friday when more music's released. Maybe there's something I can review, something that catches my ear. I gotta check to see what's coming out. I, I kind of forgot, but we'll take a look there. But in the meantime, check out my articles on theyoungfolks.com. I'm going to have my hip-hop bi-weekly roundup at the end of the week as well. I'm also going to have a, a review out of uh, the new Gouch album, the uh, punk music collective from Washington, D.C. So it's kind of out of my element a little bit, but nonetheless, we'll see how it is. And I'll put that out. But enjoy your guys' week, and yeah, see you later.